This is M.I.P. With Masamela Mafumo. Mark Thompson. Get woke. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about COVID relief funds and where they really go. Here joining us today with his latest piece at theappeal.org, the headline, It's a Money Grab, Billions in COVID Relief Going to Fund Police and Prisons. Brian Dolanara joins us on Make It Plain today. Welcome, buddy. How are you, Brian? Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. It's, it's, a, it's a pleasure to, to have you. So tell us about this. COVID relief money is going to the carceral state rather than where it should be going? Yeah, that's what's been going on. It's kind of under the radar. It's starting to come to light. You know, I started following this like um, uh, over last year around the summer, I started seeing news stories pop up where, you know, in one place uh, in Colorado Springs, they were using COVID money at the local jail to replace the locks at the jail. Um, That didn't seem like COVID relief to me. And so I started following the story. And then in my local community, I live in Champaign-Urbana here in Illinois, two hours south of Chicago, where the county board uh, voted and approved, a Democratic majority county board approved a $20 million jail plan, 5 million of that came from COVID money. That's a jail that they've been planning to build for some 10 years here. So I started following this story um, and in communities from Maine to California, there's folks fighting new jail expansion projects, police acquisition of SWAT trucks. Um, In Alabama, a large $400 million prison project to build three prisons. That's like, uh, you know, Alabama's like one of the only states not really trying to build prisons any longer. So um, it's, uh, especially with the coming midterms, it's a real hot subject right now. And um, people find it, you know, contradictory (laughs) that COVID relief money is going to these kind of projects. It most certainly is contradictory. This was America rescue plan money. That's right. It came in two major waves. Um, One was under uh, former President Trump. There was uh, almost $2 trillion voted through. What was the CARE Act? Voted through in the early days of COVID. And then when Biden came into office, he uh, forwarded and the Democratic uh, Congress 
passed the ARPA plan, that's the American Rescue Plan Act, uh, $1.9 trillion. So um, there's some four tri almost $4 trillion that's um, been allocated from the feds. This is the largest dispersal of federal monies to local communities since the New Deal. So it's, it's a big project. So I'm trying to figure out where did it take place when this money was being allocated that people just automatically said, well, we're not going to use it for COVID. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to figure out where was where was that miscommunication and were there no fail? Obviously, there weren't. I mean, it's a rhetorical question. I guess there were no fail safes in the legislation, Brian, to ensure that it would be spent in the way it was intended. Yeah, well, it was. I think it was. Um, there's some benefit to allowing communities to determine for themselves how the money should be spent, and and there's some communities that are being um, quite forward-thinking in a democratic process where the community is deciding how that money should be spent, um, and some people are taking the time to do that. Other communities where they've been stumping for years for jail projects, but the money has fallen short. Now there's this major windfall of money, and um, the local Police authorities are taking advantage of a situation. Um, so, you know, it's it's like there's issues of jail projects, of what some claim would be overcrowding. People I interview, they they said there's a arrest problem. You know, it's not an overcrowding problem. And uh, you know, communities have been fighting the issues uh, um, for years and years. Um, COVID, when it hit, you know, jails. Uh, depopulated during that period. Right. And uh, it became quite clear that, uh, you know, you couldn't continue mass incarceration during a pandemic. And, uh, you know, by will, simply people began decarcerating. But now that the federal money came down, um, people are taking advantage uh, of, of these large caches, millions of dollars that's coming down from the feds. Um, so it's, it's one showing that we can decarcerate if we want to, but um, given our proclivities and our history, our trajectory as, uh, as a country in the last 30, 40 years, um, our growing inequalities, racial inequalities and economic inequalities, you know, we're going to do what we've been doing, which is locking folks up. I want to just lift this up from your piece, folks. And again, this is at the appeal.org headline. It's a money grab. Billions in COVID relief going to fund police in prisons. And prisons, you have a, a paragraph here. When the American Rescue Plan Act funds started flowing, backers of Alabama's prison plan saw a new opportunity. In late September 2021, the Alabama legislature passed a $1.3 billion prison construction package that included that $400 million from the American Rescue Plan, five times the amount <clears throat> budgeted for hospitals, I guess by that you mean hospitals in Alabama, correct? Correct. So all this money going to the to the prison reconstruction, and I think you just alluded to this, the prison population is on the decline, right? In, in most places in the country, yes. And certainly in the wake of the what's happened in the last year um, with the defund the police campaign, the killing of George Floyd by police um, and, and efforts statewide from California um, to New York and Illinois, where I live, the prison population has gone from its height around uh, 40,000 people to around 
25, 26,000. Um, there's been a, a massive decarceration effort around the country um, and people are taking different measures um, to do that. But um, Al Alabama's um, you know, behind, far behind this trend. Um, and so the, the governor there, uh, Kay Ivey, has been stumping for this prison project and people have been fighting it on the ground. So I talked to activists um, with the Alabama Justice Initiative that's led by Latanya Tate. And I talked to Veronica Johnson, our number two person. And, and they told the story of going out into these, you know, into Trump territory in rural Alabama and talking to folks and telling them, you know, local communities, small communities, rural areas cannot support not sustainable for small communities like that. Um, so the local white folks, Trump supporting white folks, uh, uh, you know, joined an alliance with them to stop the prisons. But then once this federal money came down, the governor and the legislature uh, pushed this through. Um, the now there what has been you know some failsafe. People have attempted to block this. They appealed to the U.S. Treasury, and the Treasury uh, released a final ruling saying that COVID money could not be spent on prisons, on correctional institutions. And yet Alabama is still pushing this forward. Um, so folks are now going to, um, they, they will still need some financial backing. Um, they'll need some bonds to build these large expensive prisons. Three prisons are not cheap, you know? And so um, now they're trying to go to the banks to try to block the financial backing. For these projects yeah that's good the activists are so did you say there were some trump supporters they were also out there against the prison project yes yes um well there's a way in which you know the activists um i think we're out able to just go door to door and talk to people one-on-one -on -one, right. you know and convince them why prisons are not good for anybody uh in this country um even for rural white folks um, you know, who, uh, you know, you might have a cousin or, or a son who, you know, uh, methamphetamine spe speed is prominent in these communities, you know, kids who go the wrong way and end up in prison them themselves, white kids, working class white kids. So um, I think there's, I think we need to do a better job of really talking to one another and um, convincing one another of why prisons are no good for anybody. Well, it's good that that constituency is getting it for what it is. I mean, it is an industry. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Um, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, I, I was uh, with Reverend Barber today. And he talks about poverty, as you know, Brian. But most importantly, what he often say is, it's important for people to see how many white folks in poverty? We're headed to West Virginia now. The reason being, when he and it's, he he put it better today than I've ever heard him put it. When you racialize it, it's able to be dismissed. So if we continue to say that the carceral state is exclusively black and only unfair to us and only, 
you know, uh, devastating to our community. It'll continue to be ignored as it always has been. So it's important when other communities say, well, now hold up now, we're in this too. And I tell, I don't know if you've been, Brian, I tell everybody, if you ever want a wake-up call about how bad white folk are treated, just go to West Virginia. Matter of fact, I tell people, if you're depressed or you're having a hard time in life, go to West Virginia. I guarantee you they're doing worse than you are and you'll feel better. So sometimes we get in our own fishbowls and we think we're the only ones doing bad. I'm having a bad day. My family doesn't love me, whatever it is. Go to West Virginia and you'll be cured of all of that. Um, but but that's that's fascinating. And I, and I hope that that type of, of understanding on the part of that constituency um, uh, grows. So um, you kind of lose this in the article. Joe Biden says, we don't need to defund the police. We need to fund the police. So is he, is he, is, is, is that the same as him, as him? See, and we didn't know this. Your article went out then. See, if, if your article was out, then that would have been fodder. Like, when hold up, dude. Are you condoning, endorsing COVID money going to fund the police? What's your take on that, Brian? Yeah, clearly the Biden administration has been alerted to this. Um, the U.S. Treasury has been notified and there's been no real effort to stop this. And indeed, Democrats, the leadership uh, in Biden has done a 180. You know, you think about uh, just after George Floyd was killed by police in Minneapolis, Democratic leaders were wearing kente cloths and kneeling in the U.S. Congress um, and, you know, trying to you know, turn the black rage during that summer uh, into political votes. Um, and so now that Biden is in office um, and now that Republicans are uh, vying for leadership in the midterm elections, um, we're seeing the Democrats and the Republicans fight for one another who can be most pro-police. And uh, the Democrats playing their old sort of one-two step of uh, expressing their support for police and Biden coming out saying that he's been quite explicit that he's in the State of the Union address that of his COVID, the COVID plan, ARPA funds, 3.5, billion went towards police. And then just recently in his budget plan for 22-23, there's 30, another 30 billion allotted for the police. Um, so the Democrats are trying to, you know, uh, fight back against this claim that they're anti-police and, and, uh, and, you know, um, so it's, it's, it's really confused the issue and, um, it's only bolstered, uh, the police and their supporters. Uh, I think we're seeing right now a real backlash of police, uh, who were, you know, during the defund the police campaign and, uh, the, the campaign post George Floyd, police legitimacy was really questioned across the country uh, in all new unprecedented ways. And now the police are fighting back against that. Yeah, uh, so you answered my question. Clearly they mean fund in, in the full sense of the word. Um, it's, it's dangerous though, because as your article also points out, this, this all kicked off in the era of the George Floyd rebellion, the rebellion to his death. And I wonder what makes them think the, the masses memory is that short. Uh, now, granted, and I'm sure you'll agree in our movement, you know, y'all, we got to do better. And sometimes, you know, we the news cycle affects our 
sustenance of a particular issue. Um, but I, I don't think Joe Biden mobilized the base who put him in office by saying instead of defund, we need to fund. I don't think that helped him uh, one bit. And the Democrats could lose everything. And we really will, really will be looking at more going into the carceral state. Uh, you mentioned in your article, uh, my mayor here in New York, Eric Adams, who seems to be down with this fund the police thing and encouraging it. And you also talk about, too, Brian, it's not just the, the states. I mean, they're private companies who are vendors to these systems and the police and to these states. They're making money, too, because some of this money is going to those vendors. And this is, the, this is the new technology to catch us even when we're not guilty, right? That's correct. Um, and even Biden has been in support of using these ARPA funds for new police, police technologies. Um, these shot spotters, which are supposed to identify gunshots, these are placed in mostly black and poor neighborhoods. Um, they're hundreds of thousand dollars uh, to, to fund and they're provided by private companies. Um, so these are, this is technology which, you know, uh, has like in Chicago, close to me, uh, it was the shot spotters that pegged Alam Toledo who was killed by police just after uh, George Floyd in Chicago uh, to great community uproar. Um, and, um, and, and yet, and other people have been, you know, uh, spotted, they've been uh, held in jail for months and then found not guilty uh, and set free, but they've been sitting in the jail due to this faulty technology. Um, so there's other technology that the, the police have been wanting for a long time, and now they got the federal money for it. Um, automatic license plate readers are another one that's, um, that departments are buying up uh, in mass and uh, are faulty and flawed technology, not really proven to, to solve murders or, or uh, reduce the number of, of murders in the community, um, but let there be, yet they're being sold as some solution to the problem. Um, a problem that's really what we know are, are uh, economic and social problems that are longstanding. In in closing, uh, Brian, what what can you report to the larger community about the good news that's coming from organizing against this, and what some people are doing, and and what some people's options, what our options can be, what are the people's options? Yeah, well, I think there's a real opportunity for communities across the country now to find out where this money is going and where it's flowing and uh, how they can stop it and, and, and prevent these kind of jail proposals and police proposals, but also how they can get their hands on this money themselves to do good things with it. So I spoke to folks in South Bend, Indiana, who are uh, opening um, a behavioral crisis intervention center. Rather than police taking people to the jail, they can drop people off at the crisis center where they'll get treatment they need. Um, I have other friends here in Champaign who have gotten uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars in COVID relief money to fund our reentry program in town here for helping people who are getting out of prison and transitioning back into the community. And um, as some, you know, there's been more people getting out of prison released uh, during COVID, there's more people in the community with need. And um, as we further de decarcerate, we're going to need more money for reentry programs and people doing good work. Um, so. Uh, these kind of programs are going on all over the country, and, and there's a chance to get federal monies to support them to do further good work. And do we know 
how much money was not applied, not spent, protecting those who were in the carceral system from COVID. Because we know folk, you know, a lot of conversations about folks need to get out of prison because it was an incubator, uh, a petri dish for COVID. I mean, that's where that money should have gone, right? If, if, in the, I mean, it, it strip everything away. If nothing else, that money should have gone to making sure those in prison and in city jails and what have you uh, didn't get COVID, didn't spread COVID, and didn't die from COVID. Do we have any idea how little attention that was given? Yeah, well, we're still starting to, we're still continuing to find out where the money went. Um, but, um, you know, it took a while here in Illinois. You know, I, I, I've written on this. Um, I've been following the story of COVID in prisons and jails. Um, and ultimately what it, what worked in Illinois was mass testing and mass vaccination. And now there's still a need to get the boosters out. Um, there's still a need to vaccinate the guards who have been very slow in getting the vaccine. Um, so there's still work to be done in prisons. Uh, a lot of prisons are still having restrictive visitation policies. A lot of local jails shut down all their visitation and replaced them with uh, for-profit video industries. So there's still a lot of work that needs to be done inside prisons uh, around these issues. COVID is not over. And um, in, in many ways, the state has taken advantage of the opportunity to impose more lockdowns in prisons and more restrictive measures. And uh, there's still need to build solidarity with people on the inside. Yeah. And, and let's, let's just also say we have a lot of folks who have jobs and those jobs, they have no choice but to work for the carceral state. They aren't treated well either. All right. It's it, it from top. Am I right, Brian? From top to bottom, everything about it. <laughs> and, and that lends to the misery. When you have workers in the carceral system that are mistreated, sometimes they'll mistreat those who are imprisoned. So none of the, this is why we, you know, we need to do, we need to be all about decarceration. Um, At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Brian Dolinar is an independent journalist. That's the only way we get news like this. BrianDolinar.com, check him out. And tell us about the appeal. Uh, I'm just learning about the appeal because of you. That's a, another independent site, I guess, for news, right, right, right Brian? Yeah, it's a longstanding um, journalistic outlet um, that really produces excellent material on prisons and the police. It's um, based in Chicago. They recently unionized. Um, so uh, it's one of the few unionized media outlets um, that exists uh, and on the left. So it's an important outlet where I get some of my best news. And uh, they really have really high uh, journalistic standards and put out really great material. So, folks, we invite you to check out the appeal.org as well. Lastly, Brian, what's what's your next project? What's the next piece you're working on that we can look forward to? Um, I'm working on a follow up to this uh, story to keep continue following the money and following where it goes. Um, drones are being purchased in uh, by police departments across the U.S. Um, SWAT teams are being funded, um, and so we're we're still continuing to follow the money. Yeah, and and and. It, we 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 appear to be. I mean, we can't kind of 
chickens before they hatch to be getting out of COVID. But this is this is we know what long COVID is. This money creates um, long carceral because these what you just described, drones and SWAT, that goes beyond the pandemic. That'll be drones and SWAT will be with us even after we're all vaccinated, no longer catching COVID. And that's not what that money was supposed to be to, to, to continue to over police us. So, uh, Brian, we're thankful to you for pointing this out to us. And, folks, we're going to keep um, Brian on our list of expert journalists and witnesses and call on him from time to time and have him call upon us when you're doing something. If you don't hear from us uh, in time, you reach out to us and invite yourself on Make It Plain whenever you feel like it, Brian. You, you do great work, and we need to get this out here, okay? Thank you for the conversation, Mark. All right, wonderful. Brian Dolinar, folks, briandolinar.com and theappeal.org. Check them both out. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister or brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand. And above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love. And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.